Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Colonel's Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Uh, this week, we are looking hard at the upcoming May 16th election. How to vote, what you're voting on, who's competing uh, for the competitive, maybe, GOP primary. Uh, this is also Earth Week, so we're going to remind folks about the whatever Cole wants agenda of the Kentucky GOP. Uh, hindering Kentucky's ability to move forward and address our climate crisis, as well as urge you to come out to an event happening in Frankfurt. Uh, we got a couple other stories we're going to touch on as well in our Kentucky News of the Week roundup. Uh, we, we have no guests today. I'm just going to let you know. So usually just skip us uh, to get to the guest. You can just skip us. That's it. <laughs> you can just move on to your next podcast. Uh, we will have guests next week, though, that we're excited about, and uh, a whole slate of guests coming up. But we, this week... Uh, it's just me and my co-host, but I'm very happy to have my co-host with me. Uh, but before we get into the show, are you ready to turn uh, Kentucky purple? Uh, again, we're the kernels of truth, so we're not going to lie to you. Our, sta- our state is deeply red right now. Uh, so saying we're going to turn it blue seems like a stretch. We've got a GOP supermajority that is committed uh, to you know doing everything they can to rip away rights from the, uh, the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, They want to make every single abortion, even the thought of abortion, illegal. They want to cut taxes for the rich and cut services for the poor. That is what we're faced with. If you want something better, if you want a commonwealth that works for all of us, just join Progress Kentucky. We make it very easy. Uh, You can just follow some of the social media platforms and amplify our messages. You can make a, a modest donation at our secure ActBlue website. Just help spread the word that we're tired of the GOP, ignoring the needs of regular folks in Kentucky, and that we think our commonwealth is worth fighting for. Uh, so let's go ahead and do, do that check-in with our co-host. Let us know who you are, where you are, what's your protest sign say today. Because as we know, we're not talking head show on the interweb. We are a digital demonstration for a more compassionate commonwealth. And that means sometimes you got to protest. So uh, my name is Aaron. Uh, I'm coming to you from Childsburg, which if you're not familiar with the ever-growing outer suburbs of Lexington, uh, it is one of the indistinguishable sea of beige sightings uh, right there by the growth boundary. Uh, and let's see, what I do like about Childsburg is finally uh, I can put up my yard sign because the HOA is very strict about when the yard signs can come up, and that is not any more than one month before the election. So as I just mentioned, we got an election coming up, folks, May, uh, May 16th. So my yard sign is up, and it says, uh, vote for a leader, vote Bob Saint. Uh, and if you folks remember, we had Bob Saint on the show last week. Uh, he is running for Senate District 28, uh, which right now is not occupied with anyone. So he will definitely be a step up. Uh, all right. Uh, let's check in. Chris, Chris, are you there? Hey, hey. Um, I didn't realize you lived in an HOA. That's uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not. Yeah, I, I hear you. I've, you I've heard how predatory they can be. Um, I hope yours is not. But, I wouldn't uh, call them predatory. Just okay. a little high strung. High <laughs> strung. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, Chris Priest. I'm coming all the way from Berea, Kentucky. Um, I love this little town. Uh, we, uh, as a city, we also have rules on when we can put out yard signs. So, um, yeah. We, yeah. So we we're, we all have little little laws and things we have to follow. Anyway, but um, I think ours is 30 days prior. I believe. Is, uh, is our current current law. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of a protest sign, um, you know, 
kids, not guns. I'm, I'm still stuck on the, on the, the gun issue uh, with, I mean, Louisville had another mass shooting just, you know, just after the, the, the one that happened at the bank. So um, there, there's serious concerns there and continue to be, I mean, with everything that's happened. So, um, but uh, um, other than that, I'm a little disappointed that uh, Dominion is not making Fox News go to trial. Um, yeah. I, I think that would have been a wonderful further airing of the dirty laundry, you know, yeah. I would have loved to have seen it, but yeah, you know. I, I really wanted them to bear it all publicly. Um, and they're not having to do that. They're not even a part of the agreement. Wasn't even um, uh, the a part of the settlement. Wasn't even that they really had to to public publicly come out and apologize and say all these things that they had done wrong. They just got. I mean, essentially, from what I read so far, was that they got money and 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 that was about it. And they got. Almost 800 million, which is less than the 1.2 billion that they were asking for. I mean, it was a pretty open and shut case from everything that was coming out. So um, I don't know. I mean, and let's we'll, let's move on a little bit because I think this is a good story and it's a good issue. Uh, but uh, let's check in with our third co-host because I saw her just slipping in uh, as we were going live. Uh, our friend Kimberly. Kimberly, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, everybody. And I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, we are gearing up this weekend for Thunder over Louisville, which is the official kickoff to Derby. So, uh, you know, it's going to be quite exciting here. However, uh, a lot of people uh, coming from out of town are quite concerned about uh, their safety. And uh, I think it was a couple of um, derbies ago, perhaps maybe three, um, there were people that were killed uh, at a hotel in the parking lot uh, right by the airport. So um, hopefully good vibes will be here and people can drink a lot of mint juleps and just go crazy uh, betting on their favorite horses for the Oaks and the Derby. So uh, my particular uh, protest sign today is hashtag somebody help us. Um, it's so much going on just right here in Jefferson County. Uh, so many things going on all over uh, our state and even the country and overseas as well. Uh, there's high alerts everywhere. There's high alerts in South Korea where my daughter is stationed um, and so many other places as well. So there's, it's just a lot going on. So we really, really need some compassionate uh, elected officials to have a heart and do about these uh, particular catastrophic events that continue to happen. And one is guns, the guns that I can't even understand how any hunter could use them. An AR and AK and all of those, they will just blow up an animal, if that's what uh, they like to do is hunt. Um, so let's get those uh, into the hands of those that know how to use them, like our military. Uh, 
uh, I could see them using them. Uh, but anyone else, what what do we need those for? Back to you, Aaron. Yeah, I concur. I saw a piece of legislation that was proven to be effective. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's just confounding. Uh, and so we're going to get into the news of the week now. We've got some important stories to cover. Uh, I think we'll do uh, first. Where are we with this GOP race? So it is, you know, it's absolutely competitive. Uh, the polls are showing, you know, Dan Cameron is, uh, it seems to be leading and Republican Kelly Kraft, though, is leading in the amount of money to spend. Um, she has loaned herself, her and her, her hubby, have loaned themselves $7 million. That is not nothing. That is a crazy amount of money. So also a trust of her husband gave $1.5 million to an affiliated super PAC, which is promoting Kelly Craft. They're not coordinating, of course, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, at least 82% of all the money raised through March 31st uh, is by the Craft campaign, the super PAC. All the, 82% of the money is her money. <laughs> so really just a, a person of the people, really. You know, that's what I think really uh, resonates with me is she is just a, a woman of the people for sure. And I think her kitchen table tour is just really underscoring that she's just one of us folks. Uh, Dan Cameron though is doing uh, well. Uh, the Concord fund of Washington gave $1.5 million to a super PAC that's working to promote him, uh, which is a conservative group formerly called judicial crisis network headed by uh, Carrie Saravino, uh, a former law clerk for None other than Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. So that, you know, some folks who know how to, you know, the ins and outs of dark money and the Judicial Crisis Network, which oddly enough is not actually trying to uh, get rid of Justice Clarence Thomas from the Supreme Court. But that's, again, another story, not necessarily a Kentucky story. Uh, and Ag, uh, Commissioner, current Ag Commissioner Ryan Quarles has more money on hand than either Kraft or Cameron. Uh, because he hasn't really done much spending. <laughs> if you see his quarrels, uh, yard signs at a lot of farms, that's, I think, his number one approach so far. Uh, he's got about a million dollars on hand. He has not gone up on TV. Uh, I guess he's waiting until people are really paying attention, you know, uh, which probably not a bad idea. Uh, Dan Cameron got about $100,000 from the Gray Machine manufacturer, Pesomatic. Just so you know, folks, and this will be in the show notes, all this great research came from uh, the Kentucky Lantern, which is one of our favorite sources of news because there's no paywall. It's nonprofit itself, and it's really working to expand the amount of political reporting uh, in, in our fair uh, commonwealth. So, uh, But yeah, Andy Down's doing really well. Uh, the official employees of Churchill Downs uh, gave big to Bashir in December. Uh, gave him about 50, almost 50 grand. Uh, uh, oh, wait, that's, that's, I, I can't read apparently. Uh, they also gave about $46,000 to the craft campaign. Uh, but in December, they gave big to Andy Bashir. So, you know, that's, that's smart gambling. It's really not gambling and playing both sides. Uh, I'm sure they'll probably make some Cameron, uh, contributions as well. But as we know, Kelly Craft likes to go to the Derby. We saw her there with Trump last year, which of course did not turn into an endorsement from Trump. But I'm sure he was more than happy to accept her and Joe Kraft's uh, generous um, uh, hosting, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so that's the, those are the numbers. It's a lot of money. It's, uh, you know, coming from sources that are a little bit shady, uh, a little bit, um, you know, kind of out of the public eye. Uh, but folks, what do you, you know, we're a, we're a bit less than a month out. What do folks think about this race and how it's shaking out? Uh, Kimberly, you got a favorite in that GOP field? <laughs> 
I can't even believe you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> we all it know made you're me a get cool choked fan. up. Really, it made me get choked up because um, <laughs> love that Ryan Quarles. Cannot get enough of that sensible, sensible character. I think um, the fan favorite is the woman that is so immensely Botoxed up and lip fillers to the sky because she wants lips like mine. But um, all of them are just coke. Uh, all of them are different. I don't want to offend anyone, but they're all just different. Pretty hard to digest, I would say. Um, if I was a betting woman, I wouldn't bet on none of them. How about that? I, I, but I do have a favorite for the Oaks and the Derby, if you'd like to know. But um, none of them. None of them. <laughs> Back to right. you, I'll, I'll be honest. I have not really mu engaged much it's like what's the point i know i'm not going to support any of them there's some people who are like you know I, they like the again the horse race of it all uh i myself I'm like let them battle it out you know my favorite part of this whole thing is that <laughs> kelly Kraft did not get donald trump's endorsement that is like my favorite part like she worked for the man her husband gave outrageous sums of money to his you know one and only inaugural campaign uh which was basically i think pretty much a bribe. I think, you know, there's lots of great stories about how they skimmed so much off of that, uh, that, that the, the Trump uh, crime syndicate uh, really walked away with a lot of that inaugural uh, money. So I just love that, you know, Joe Kraft, Kelly Kraft did all this work to, you know, kiss his rear end and pad his like fake billionaire uh, resources and did not get the, uh, the, the nomination or the, the endorsement out of it, which, you know, I don't really know that an endorsement means a heck of a lot, but, you know, it seems like in the current Republican Party, Trump's is the only one that probably means much. So I don't know. Uh, Chris, what do you think about, about this horse race? Uh, I haven't seen much from any of them. Uh, there's one Kelly Kraft sign that popped up uh, not too far from my house that, that uh, I think that just popped up like two or three days ago. Um, and I think that's about all I've seen from from any of them. So I <laughs> I'm a little baffled. Like if this is such a big race, we're not too far out. I really should be seeing you know information uh, from the political signs and commercial ads and all this stuff, and I'm not really seeing much at all. Um, and you know Kelly Craft, you know. Obviously, as, as you had mentioned, she's pretty big considering her position in Trump's campaign. But there's no way in the world I'm going to count out Daniel Cameron considering who's backing him and how much Mitch McConnell, you know, how in the bag he is with uh, Mitch McConnell. Um, and, you know, nobody likes Mitch, but he continues to get elected every time. So. You know, if uh, if McConnell's backing somebody with significant money, you know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to count them out. Um, you know, Kraft may be putting in her her own money, but uh, I'm I'm sure McConnell's pulling serious strings uh, in the background with with all his people. So, um, 
you know, uh, I, I'm not much of a betting person, but I would give a nudge to Cameron in this race. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly with, with Mitch behind him and I get your, you, you nail it, Chris, like Mitch is not popular, but he knows where all the political bodies are buried in Kentucky. He pulls all the strings politically. He has got, you know, the network, you know, he's got the state on lock, right? So add him in and then the kind of frothy populist, you know, crew that Trump uh, still influences, which is still significant. You had those two voices getting behind Cameron pretty clearly. Damn, again, I, I just think, I think when he got in, it surprised a lot of people because it seemed like he was gearing up for, you know, a different race, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, here he is, and I think he's the he's the man to beat, I think. You know, I do see that uh, Doug is with Kimberly, though, in the horse race and uh, really likes quarrels or thinks quarrels might surprise some people. Annabelle is team quarrels, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, she likes those ag commissioners. What can, what can we say? Uh, all right. So, <laughs> but if you want to Go ahead, Kimberly. Oh, my goodness. Are we really on here picking Republicans? Um, you know, that's the, it's the only race that seems to be a race. Um, we, we touched base on the Senate District 28, which that one will absolutely be a race. You uh, know, otherwise, I don't think there are any, you know. We'll go yeah, ahead. Young is really, really going to give Bashir uh, run for his money, you know. No, he's not. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I'm not going to hear it. This time, I'm not going to hear that. Andy Bashir, I would put every penny almost that I have on Andy Bashir. He has been a great governor to everyone, not just Democrats, to everyone. The ones that hated him, he's been a good governor. So I don't think any of them stand a chance against Andy. And it's not always about money, you guys, okay? It's not always about the money because it goes all the way like this. Who's going to the polls? Who's going to vote? That's what it all comes down to. But I am a YouTube looker. You know, I look at YouTube like I don't look at regular TV too much unless it's like the power series on stars or, you know, something like that. But that Kelly Craft, I mean, like her commercials come on like every time you turn around, every time I'm on YouTube and then I go to another video. Here she comes with all of that lip filler. I'm just I'm just tired of the lip filler and the Botox. Like, can we give it a rest? She's gonna be in the governor's mansion getting fillers and in her lips and Botox in her forehead. Like, no, is that that why she spent so little time in Canada? Is that she didn't trust the Canadian like uh beauticians or you know the Botox peddlers up there? Because you know, when she was the Canadian ambassador, she spent I think almost more more time in the United States than she did in Canada, which you know is kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing there. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think. Chris, the point you made, like you're not seeing anything, it's probably because their algorithms are good enough that they're not spending any money on you. Like they know they know that you, where you're living digitally, you're not their guy. I don't know how Kimberly, she might be logged in, you know, anonymously on YouTube and that's why she's seeing, uh, you know, the ads. But I think they're spending no. a lot of money digitally. No, I'm- and they know what I'm always looking at. So I don't know why I keep seeing her. 
I've seen Probably a lot of just burning money. <laughs> she doesn't like. <laughs> he's got so much, and your 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 point's right. Like obviously, it's not about who spends the most money. We had we saw Amy Amy McGrath lose a couple of races where she spent a lot of money. Um, it, you know, but but money money helps. I've it's, I've it's, seen more Facebook ads for um, the independent in the 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 Senate race than anything else. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I avoid <laughs> avoid a lot of ads, so. Um. Uh, yeah, so I've got I've seen a few Dieter's ads. Uh, no, not ads. Uh, yard signs. They're all mm. illegally placed, uh, in, you know, at, at high traffic uh, uh, intersections. You know, so those state those signs that you really shouldn't put there because that's not someone's yard. Uh, but the Dieter's campaign seemed to be not very concerned about the law, uh, and th uh, they're just moving forward with their their efforts. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Whether he beats, you know, Jeff Young's vote count, uh, I know they're not actually competing against each other, but they they, they seem similar to me in terms of fringy efforts. What what what? Annabelle says I think he's the only one that could beat Andy. Quarles, you need to delete that off of the comments right now, Aaron. <laughs> you need to delete that. We are not putting that out into the atmosphere. No, okay, that's true. If Andy doesn't win, y'all playing now. You are playing go. too much and you're putting stuff out there in the universe. So if Andy doesn't make it, it's going to be bad for all of us. And don't say I didn't tell you. Okay. I'm telling you. We hear you. All right. So one thing I did want to point out is if you want to pay attention to these races and you want to, you know, hear from the, the horse's mouth in these horse races, KET has got some stuff scheduled, uh, you know, on uh, April 24th. You'll be able to watch Kentucky tonight with the folks running for state treasurer, Republican uh, ag commissioner, uh, both both sides of the aisle. So there is a race, I think, on both the Democrat and the Republican side. I think there's a race for ag commissioner. Um, we have got one of the candidates uh, who will be coming on here and sharing her views with us. On May 1st, they're going to have the governor candidate. So I think both Republican and Democrats will be on KET on May 1st. Uh, on May 8th, they'll have the Secretary of State and the State Auditor, but just on the Republican side. I don't know what that means. I don't know why the um, the Democrats wouldn't be included in that conversation. Uh, but, you know, KET tends to be this, you know, the honest broker to some degree. Uh, I also think that uh, Kentucky Sports Radio is having a governor debate because that's where I turn to for my political uh news is kentucky sports radio but you know uh you know matt clearly you know cares a lot about kentucky politics so maybe he'll get some kind of fresh eyeballs on that uh on that i know there was a bit of that back and forth and it looks like uh i think cameron's not attending uh but i don't you know whatever uh but kat i'm sure they usually have the the good um uh, turnout there. So we will put that in the chat uh, and in the show notes if you want the information about those KET showings. Uh, all right, so let's move on, shall we? Any other thoughts folks want to share about the the race uh, we will that we're getting towards the end of? I said what I said. All right. All right. So my second story uh, is about Earth Day. So this weekend is Earth Day or, you know, Earth Week or Earth Month, we're in it right now, but April 22nd is the traditional day. I just want to make sure folks know that we're going to be joining uh, the Together Frankfurt event that's on Saturday uh, in Frankfurt uh, uh, at the Ward Oats Amphitheater from 10 to 2 uh, on Frankfurt's beautiful Riverview Park. 
so they're, they're going to be honoring local businesses, organizations, and schools that are working to sustain this planet. Uh, and citizens have an opportunity to celebrate the beauty and learn what local businesses, organizations, and schools are doing, as well as what Progress Kentucky is doing. Uh, this is going to be the 53rd Earth Day since 1970, and it hasn't quite worked yet, haven't quite saved the Earth uh, in these 53 attempts. Uh, but as we know, every day is Earth Day. Uh, and Together Frankfurt, I think, has put together a, a really wonderful event. So come on out. Uh, the weather's nice. It'll be a beautiful opportunity to just meet some, you know, well, uh, kind of thoughtful and uh, cool folks. Actually, I think you might even be able to get some trees. They're going to be giving away some trees, the Frankfurt Parks and Recreation Table. Uh, and we love free trees. Uh, they're going to be giving, uh, uh, they'll be drawing for gift certificates. If you go and visit all the tables, Come and see me. Uh, you can hear NATO play. So the music is going to be provided by our own Nate Orshan. Uh, Mayor Lane Wilkerson and Judge Executive uh, Michael Mueller are going to be signing an Earth Day proclamation, which is pretty cool. Uh, so lots of stuff going on. Uh, it's also they're, they're celebrating the opening of the Franklin County Farmer's Market. So another reason to be out there Saturday at Frankfurt. Uh, and Riverview Park is where you can come and hang out with us. So um what we're going to be doing there because you know we don't necessarily plant trees we don't install solar but we highlight the connections between environmental policies and the politicians who vote on them so you know straight up the best thing you can do for the planet at least in the short run would be to get rid of the kentucky gop supermajority in frankfurt if you want to have an environmental impact in kentucky plant all the trees you want but if we keep this GOP uh, supermajority, their agenda is whatever Cole wants it to be, uh, which is outrageous, right? So that's what we're going to kind of underscore to people, maybe not that frankly in our language, but uh, making sure people see what this session uh, really did for the environment. Uh, and, you know, they weakened clean water rules to ensure that coal waste can be dumped into Kentucky's streams and rivers. Uh, in doing so, likely doomed the Kentucky Arrow daughter, Darter to extinction. Uh, you know, the governor thoughtfully vetoed that horrible bill, and the GOP thoughtlessly overrode the governor's veto to put that into law. So uh, they also had Senate Bill 4, which, you know, pretty, uh, pretty early number, which shows how important it was for them. And that bill forces Kentucky utilities to keep using coal-fired power plants beyond their useful lives, will force ratepayers to pay more in electricity costs instead of saving utilities money by switching to cheaper solar and wind projects. That's right, old coal plants cost more than solar and wind. Uh, and this one became law without the governor's signature. I don't think he wanted to give them the talking point of overriding his veto because, you know, they just, oh, coal, we love coal. Why? Why do we love coal so much? Uh, roughly 12,000 state jobs can be directly linked to fossil fuels. Uh, representing about 0.6% of Kentucky's labor force. That's right, 0.6%. Coal mining, which used to be, of course, a signature industry in our state, now employs less than 5,000 people. In 1949, the coal industry in Kentucky uh, employed 76,000 people. Uh, now it is less than 5,000 people. Uh, so while Kentucky is the sixth largest producer of coal in the U.S., it accounts for less than 5% of total tonnage. So looking at fossil fuels as a whole, Kentucky's 1% share of production puts it 15th in the nation, just behind California. So altogether, fossil fuel production and processing add up to about 2% of Kentucky's GDP on average. 2%, folks. 
uh, you know, uh, and then on average, we are 16th in the nation in sight below the overall figure of the U.S. And that source, uh, we got sources for that in, a, um, in the show notes, uh, and, in, and we can put that in the comments as well. Meanwhile, the EV battery industry, which is in Kentucky, uh, and Kentucky is becoming one of the most important states in the nation for EV battery manufacturing, uh, which is, while not in direct conflict with the coal industry, is certainly driven by responding to our climate crisis, not causing it. It's good for at least 8,500 Kentucky jobs alone as these factories are being built. Uh, Kentucky is also good for about 100,000 in auto manufacturing jobs. So, you know, what's our big industry? It's not coal, right? 100,000 jobs in auto and, you know, uh, nearly 9,000 jobs in uh, these EV battery uh, manufacturing facilities just dwarfs the coal industry, right? So why in the world are we so kowtowing? Why is the GOP kowtowing to that industry? I don't know. Anyone have an answer? Money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Money. Uh, they're, giving yeah. them, they're giving them all the money that they want. So, you know, I'm sure... I mean, I don't have figures here to back this up, but, I, you know, just like anything else, if if they're uh, giving them lots of campaign donations, uh, you know, they're going to have their ear all the time and nud be nudging them and eventually get what they want. Well, we saw Joe Kraft, right? Where's that money come from? That's coal. And the amount of money he's able to spend on his wife's race, of you know, which I would say is not a good investment. Probably like coal, really, you know, such as <laughs> flushing seven million dollars down the toilet. Uh, but yeah, so it's a good point. I think that, I think though, I think it goes beyond just the money. I think there's a cultural kind of relevance, right. That makes Kentucky, there's just, you know, coal is king. Right. So I think that the, even though the emperor has no clothes, it's still the emperor. Uh, and it has this outsized influence because culturally it is all, you know, but yeah, it's still got a lot of money in our political system and it's oh, both yeah. sides. Well, I mean, while I was running and, and doing my campaign, those, uh, um, a couple times where people would stop me and ask me what my position on coal was. And I would, you know, talk about like, you know, we, we need it right now, but we've got to, it's got to be phased out um, because of climate change and all this other stuff. And uh, um, you know, most of the people that did me that way were uh, as soon as I said that were, would, uh, you know, spec, no thanks and walk away. Um, they didn't want to hear anything else. They didn't want to hear about the science of it or, or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, my grandpa and my dad were both coal miners, um, and, and <laughs> further back than that. So like, I get it. I grew up in coal country and I know, and I understand that. Um, but, uh, those jobs are mostly gone and they don't even pay as well as they did in the eighties. Um, so less than, less than 5,000 jobs. Meanwhile, 8,500 alone in EV battery manufacturing is, is on the horizon, right? So that yeah. will be more people directly benefiting from the transition to electric vehicle, vehicles than this legacy industry that also destroys streams, that also, you know, kills, kills their workers, that also, you know, has had a long history of battling labor and actually not letting their workers do anything to make their life better. Right. So, you know, like that's what we're like doing, you know, bending over backwards to defend and protect, even while the utilities say, no, we don't want to keep running old coal plants. We would like to build, you know, solar farms or wind farms. You know, it's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. 
All right. So I, I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kimberly. Go ahead. I think sometimes that um, our messaging is just awful. Okay. I, I, like the defund the police. Like, I don't know anybody that was going along with that. And then you had to explain it in detail exactly what they were talking about. And then it just gets so convoluted that people are like, okay, I'm not for the defund the police. And there we go. And I can give many, many more examples. The, the type of messaging, um, working in communications, uh, the type of messaging that would work is, look, you're making this amount of money. I can guarantee you this amount of money to do these EV batteries, okay? And I think everybody can kind of, you know, hone in on that and say, okay, I can make more money uh, and have my health better by doing that. You know, there was a time, gentlemen, that everybody rode horses. How did we get the horses off the street and get cars on them? We did not have to deal with Fox News, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> right. Not. So You know, there were a lot of people that was like, no, we don't want these cars. You know, we want the horses. So sometimes... Annabelle says, defund the horses. Oh, my goodness. Girl, girl, girl. You know, right. Defund the horses. The GOP horses, that is. Mm -hmm. But um, I think our messaging is all messed up. And we don't simplify it. There's an old saying that they would say at the seminary. Well, the seminary, not the cemetery. You know, one of the two. But it's like they would always tell their students, preach like you're preaching to a 10 year old but not like you're preaching to a 10 year old sometimes you just have to be very very basic in your messaging and that's something that uh the democratic party doesn't do very well and i had a conversation with um our former congressman john yarmouth about it like we don't even follow talking points like the uh, republicans do you can see them on every channel and they're saying the same thing. And then you'll see us on every channel and all of us are saying something different and, and just making it more confusing for the average American. If I was not into politics, then I really wouldn't care about all of this. Is it going to make me money? Is it going to make me have a better way of life? And that's it. That's I think that's what everybody wants to know. Amen, sister. All right, so I know that uh, Chris has to get going. So he did a little prep on a story that we want to let him uh, share with us. How are you going to leave early? <laughs> what I happens when you have like that, you know. I was in traffic. Look, I was in traffic. And then, you know, I'm a criminal right now. I'm a criminal. I do because run I was driving down the emergency lane so I could try to get home <laughs> in time. And then Chris is going to leave early. I just... You know, where your loyalties at, Chris? Where they at? To to my one and a half year old. Okay, I know well where we rank, and it's well below the one and a half year old. It's well below than the wife. Uh, I understand that. I get it. I get it. Uh, Chris, share your story and then get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Kentucky Black uh, Legislative Caucus calls on the Republicans to tackle gun violence. Uh, and one of the prominent speakers here was the House Minority Leader, Derek Graham, who was a former educator. 
Um, definitely, uh, uh, I think uh, Minority Leader Graham is a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool person. Um, but uh, he spoke in favor of red flag laws, uh, allowing judges to temporarily remove firearms from ind individuals deemed a threat to themselves or others. Graham said 19 states, including Indiana and Florida, have enacted such laws um, and that judges in Florida have used the law 8,000 times in recent years to remove guns from people considered dangerous. Um, you know, we've got to do something about this gun issue. Um, you know, we're having mass shootings every day. Um, literally every day, uh, somewhere in, in, in our nation. And, uh, so many people are, are dying and falling victim to this. Um, it's terrorizing our students to the point that we have to have, uh, active shooter drills in schools. And as a teacher, I have seen it, uh, traumatize students, um, like just from the drill, because they try to make it as realistic as possible sometimes, catching people off guard. Um, and uh, if you haven't been through one uh, and, you know, been a kid, you, you don't know what, uh, what, what they're having to go through. It's, it's rather ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, uh, we, we have to do something. The, we have to get guns out of hands of dangerous people. Uh, there's different ways to do that. Reg flag laws are a, a, a big source of how uh, a lot of states, 19 states, in fact, are handling, uh, handling this. And, you know, uh, there, there is a, there's a lot of statistical data showing that, you know, uh, domestic violence, uh, people who commit domestic violence will likely do it again and are, uh, you know, uh, more of a threat to use guns in, you know, to, to do something like that. So uh, if we can get guns out of the hands of those people, you know, we're not trying to take guns from good law abiding people. Um, and we're not taking like I have, uh, I, well, I should, I, I know some people who will take a stance that we should be able to own like tanks and, uh, Black Hawk helicopters and stuff like anything the military could own, you know, a normal person could own. I think that argument is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know too many people who do believe that, but I do know some. Um, and reading the Constitution, it doesn't even argue for something like that. It says a well-regulated militia. And what is the militia? It's more like the National Guard. And that's actually controlled by the state. So, you know, um, yeah. yeah. If you want an AK, you can join the Kentucky National Guard and they'll train right. you how to use it uh, and they'll store it for you when you're not on duty. How about that? Yeah, I think that we've gotten far afield from what that uh, that law on a kind of sensible reading would allow. Uh, unfortunately, the Supreme Court has long been politicized and NRA definitely had its influence there. But it's a good point, Chris. I don't know. Like. It's crazy. We got to do something or some things, right? I don't think there's any one thing that's going to solve everything, right? But you can do a few things. Just make it easier to get the guns away from people who shouldn't have them. Do some things about safe storage so no two-year-olds or six-year-olds aren't... What was it? The six-year-old who brought a gun to class in Virginia and shot his teacher? Yeah. And maybe, you know, scare little white people should lock their guns up after dark because they're going to shoot somebody who comes accidentally to their front door. And maybe you shouldn't have one in your car when the the when the cheerleader accidentally gets into the car because they got confused because you know 
all black, like Tercells look the same or whatever. You know, it's like, just again, we are awash in guns. And what does that mean? That means more shootings because yeah. we're idiots and we shouldn't have these, you know, like they shouldn't be so easily accessible because we can't be trusted with them. Um, I mean, us being a constitutional carry uh, state is just uh, absurd. Everyone who owns a firearm should be going through extensive training and they should also have the equipment to store it at home, um, you know, to keep it away from kids or, or what have you. Uh, there, you know, this isn't just, you know, <laughs> this isn't just something benign that you have, you know, and, and wield it willy nilly. Like this is killing people, robbing people of their lives, their loved ones' lives. Um, and you yeah, can't never let back. me talk. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna let you and Aaron talk. That's what that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna well, let you. You just gotta do what I do, right? You don't wait for an Plus, invitation. That you was just my jump story. In. That was my story. Okay. Well, take it, it over. Says Kimberly I'm, I'm, I'm right to... here. It says Kimberly right here. Kimberly. Because I had a lot to say about it. Because I actually had three conversations today with Senator Gerald Neal. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I also text Congressman Morgan McGarvey, and he actually texted me back today. You're always like bragging about these contacts. Like, how can we can't get Morgan on this show? How can we? Because get Morgan's on busy this show? right now. If you want to see Morgan, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see <laughs> Morgan, right Congressman Morgan McGarvey, if you want to talk to the governor one on one. If you want to see our former Congressman John Yarmouth, you want to see the new Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg, if you want to see your elected officials and have a talk and maybe a beer or a, co or a cocktail with them all in the same room, you can do that on June the 2nd at the Wendell Ford Dinner at the Silbach here in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> You can go Walk to Louisville right Dems, D-E-M-S, LouisvilleDems.com to get your ticket. And we're just about sold out. We had to ask the Silbach to extend out the ballroom for another 150 people that were waiting for tickets. So you got to get it real, real early, real, real soon. Uh, it's going to be a great, great night. And the keynote speaker almost like the state of the union is going to be our very own governor, Andy Bashir. And he has a very motivational and inspiring speech for us that night. So uh, you need to be there, be there or be square. So what, what I wanted to say about that particular situation, living right here in Louisville with this pandemic and, and, and we're not talking about the vid or anything like that. We're talking about an actual pandemic of people and their anger. I know people are very, very tired of saying every time something happens, it's a mental health issue. But you have to ask yourself, is it not a mental health issue to be that angry to go and and use these type of guns to do harm, to maim, or even uh, create a fatality with these uh, said um, armed uh, 
guns. So the fact of the matter of it is here in Jefferson County, you know, uh, a lot of times we think that crime of this nature would be in the most impoverished areas of a city. But in this city, it is everywhere from the most affluent homes of, of tens of millions of dollars to the actual projects where maybe they don't even pay rent. Well, uh-huh. I don't know what happened. It's equal opportunity. It appears here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I know that our mayor, Craig Greenberg, uh, Senator Gerald Neal, uh, that represents, uh, here in Louisville as well. Uh, they're very, very diligent on trying to get this under control. But this is not just a legislative matter. This is a everybody matter. This is a matter of, you know, if someone is acting a, a, a little strange, a little off, and thank God um, that the uh, mass shooter of uh, last Monday uh, that killed uh, two individuals that I knew, one that I knew, extremely well for decades um his mom called the police a mother calling on her son it seems a bit harsh but it has to be done and that's what all of us have to do remember the the slogan we used to have uh Aaron and and it said if you see something say something these people don't always just go out here and do these random acts. There is a lot of methodical and strategic thinking to plan these things. And believe me, family members or friends or neighbors have noticed something uh, completely strange or odd. And no one is speaking because no one really knows their neighbors anymore. So uh, I just suggest for everyone if you see something, say something. And I'm not talking about being a Karen. I'm talking about if you see something viable, say something. Back to you, Aaron. It's about caring. C-A-R-I-N-G, not Karen. <laughs> K-A-R-E-N. I like that. Um, yeah. So it's an important story. Chris took that story just because, you know, maybe there was some question as to whether or not somebody was going to be here for the show. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was just messing with Chris. That's my buddy. I love him. Uh, I love yeah. Him. And he was very um, knowledgeable bringing up those, uh, bringing up that data. You know, um, I am a proud um, gun <laughs> carrying member, okay, of society. Um, I was taught very, very young uh, by my grandfather that you never show your gun. Uh, I have one that's completely blinged out. Can you believe it? That I would have a blinged out gun? Yeah, that's the one I take to the range with me, you know, so I can look real cute and also show everyone that I'm an excellent markswoman. Uh, the other one that I have, yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to do anything with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not. But if you come into my home, 
I'm going to use it because my grandfather said, if you ever show your gun, you better use it. And if you use it, don't shoot in the leg or shoot in the air because that person will always come back for you. So thank goodness I've never had any situations like that. But sometimes we need to inform our children how to stay away from guns. Because what if an intruder comes into your home and you got it all locked up over here and over there? And what is it there for? I, all right. So I don't know. Like this, then what's the argument? You like keep it with you all the time because you never know when something's going to happen. Like, I, I just. Yeah. If the, if that's, that's why we that have the police. Feel more that's why we have, like, I don't know. I get it. And I'm not going to take everyone's gun. And I'm glad to hear you're a responsible gun owner. But, you know, well, if it's not locked up and you got kids around the house or if it's, you know, like, I hope you don't have a bad day. Because what, what we know is that if you have a gun in the house, the chance of a suicide happening in that house uh, is increased significantly. Right. Uh, so, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I just don't think it is. I don't see myself being the, you know, the Rambo home invasion defender. I also, you know, I, we've got an alarm system. I think that's mostly useless. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel threatened. Maybe it's just me. Uh, you know, I'm like, uh, I got a lot of privilege. I get it. Uh, and I don't, I don't feel I don't, very threatened. I don't threatened. know if it's privilege, Aaron, so to speak on this particular subject. I think in some areas we're going to feel a lot more comfortable where I live. I feel a lot more comfortable, but I mean, like leaving my door open, of course not. But uh, I feel really comfortable. But there are other people in this state that may not feel as comfortable as we do. I know some people right now that are, that are good, good, hardworking people, really good, hardworking people. But they live in a neighborhood where they hear gunshots every night. Um, there's always the police in their apartment complex all the time. So maybe they would feel more safe to have something on them. I don't know. And and, and they tell me yeah, that they, it's a lot they of- They might feel more safe. I mean, you know, they might feel more safe. Are they more safe? That's debatable, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's about what's gonna make you feel more comfortable. But these kids getting into these guns like this, all my life I've been around guns. I'm a military brat. I have never heard of so many children getting a hold of guns and actually shooting them. And maybe yeah. we, if you're going to be a gun older, start teaching your child at an early age. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't touch this. Right? You can always have yeah. the safety on it. But, you know, like, folks come to Childsburg and go gun hunting, right? Like, because there are so many people who own guns in communities like mine, and then they just leave them in their vehicle, uh, and then half the time forget to lock their car and leave, oh, the gun is unsecured. Like, you know, people come to our neighborhoods, and they're, they're, they're really looking for one thing. It's like some dumb suburbanite's gun. Uh, and then those guns go off and, you know, do things that, you know, the Swervenite would never want, uh, want to have happen with their responsibly owned gun. Except for they weren't really responsibly owned, were they? Because they were no. in an unlocked car, right? So, uh, you yeah, know. there's too many of them. There's too many of them. 
People don't even. It is. It is because everybody is not going to be like me. Or if you own guns or whatnot, Aaron, they're not going to be like you. We really take responsibility. And I have been taught the right way. But a lot of these kids that have parents that are gun owners, their parents are not talking to them mm. about yeah. the implications of a gun or what a gun is used for, right? And another thing that I don't really particularly care about, Aaron, is they're going to be doing auctions. It's Kentucky law. They're going to do auctions and somebody is oh. going to be able to buy that weapon yeah. that that horrible. What a horrible. Law. What a horrible law did last Monday. Somebody's yeah. going to buy that gun. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the likelihood of those guns getting back into, you know, cause who goes to a police a state, like a uh, state police uh, auction. If you're like a, criminal to get a gun that's probably not where you get your guns but you know like it's it's outrageous that those guns have to be sold have to go back into the public right like they should be melted down uh yes. and i know a lot of people are really outraged by that and count count me uh, among them uh, well i don't know how we did it kimberly but we have uh we've run through pretty much another hour uh of this fine show without a single guest so uh, co-host alone was able to get us get us through this. And I hope we had some interesting and you know thought-provoking conversation. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and, and, and shut it down. And if you could close this out, Kimberly, I would be very honored. Most definitely. Are you going to do the call to action? I'll do it. Awesome. You thank can do you. it. <laughs> he said, thank you. Okay, so our call to action today is Nevery Day is Earth Day for the Kentucky GOP. Join us in Frankfurt and urge environmental common sense from the General Assembly. We really, really need your help at Earth Day. Uh, it's going to be Saturday, April the 22nd from 10 to 1 in the Ward Oaks Amphitheater. Okay, we really need to see you there. Uh, sponsored there with Together Frankfurt. You can go and learn more about it at togetherfrankfurt.org. Okay, uh, and the disclaimer as usual, Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c. Four. We are affiliated with the Indivisible Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, known as CAVE, and we are also proud members of Kentucky, the Forward Kentucky Network. So make sure to join us next week when we'll be joined by Sierra Inlow, who is running for the Agricultural Commissioner, one of the statewide constitutional offices that will be decided on the May 16th primary date, and then ultimately by November the 7th. I think this is the third time we've announced that we'll have Sierra join us next week, but pretty sure, yeah, I, 
I'm a betting woman. Pretty sure that we, this time we got it right, okay? We'll also be welcoming other candidates in the upcoming weeks. So put kernels of truth on your calendar now. Michael Bowman will join us May the 10th. Representative Colonel Pam will be joining us May the 17th. Okay, so you got to make sure you keep it locked here every Wednesday. We got it going on. Yes. And the production of episode 109. It just feels so good. 109 episodes. This evening was by our very own Annabelle Nagel. Love you, girl. Love you, love you, love you. And thank you to Nate for the theme song. We always have to just give our appreciation to the jam that he gives us as our theme song. You can find more information and music about him at NATO Songs. NATOsongs.com. And if you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook, do not fret, my pet, okay? Don't worry. You can rewatch the shows and see our source links on Facebook. Go to the Progress Kentucky page on Facebook. Our audio podcasts are also available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media. More information can be found at couchfiremedia.com. And remember, go to louisvilledems.com to get the few tickets that we have left for the Wendell Ford dinner. You do not want to miss that. So it's Wednesday. You've made it over the hump. Yes, you did. And guess what? It's almost the week is almost over. Thank God it's almost over. So you know what? Do something nice for someone. Not only will it make you feel good, it will make them feel better. So join us here next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. And until then, you have a great week. Thank you for joining us.